Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, part of the Finding Genius Foundation. Today, I have Christina Eoshan. She's a physician at Melidava Consulting in Romania, and she does uh, AP phytotherapy for wound treatment. So apitherapy has to do with using products from bees, and the phytotherapy is, uh, I believe, plant medicine. So, Christina, thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting. Hello, everyone. Hello. So how did you get into uh, apitherapy and uh, phytotherapy? What's your background? The story is long and uh, old. When I started to study the medicine in the medicine faculty of Bucharest, about 33 years ago, I was having the wish in my heart to treat everything. That's how I started. Okay. And when I arrived to study the pharmacology in uh, the faculty, I understood that the conventional medicine doesn't do what I want. Patients, so it's not to treat everything how I was having in my wish. Then uh, I started to study on my own other ways, hoping that I will achieve to treat everything. So I started with the plants, then with the bees products, then with other methods going far and far and far to come closer to what I was uh, wishing. Okay. How did you find bee therapy? Yeah, is that what apitherapy is? Or is it like, what, like, what is apitherapy? Let's apitherapy, describe it for people. Apitherapy means to use the products of the bees in order to treat people. Okay. Yeah. So what, what kind of products are used in apitherapy? In apitherapy, we use all bees products, all the products that uh, generally the people know, like uh, honey, like uh, the propolis, royal jelly, uh, the bee venom, the wax, uh, apilarnil, which it is uh, drone larvae, triturated drone larvae, the pollen, but... Uh, also, we speak about other products which are involved in, uh, in our life and in our health, not only in the moment when we think at our health, but in any moment of our life by the food that we eat. Because the pollination the bees make ensure us to have a good food, which it is uh, basically for our life. Also, okay. along with the, these products, It is beyond the uh, material, beyond the biochemistry. It is the energy of the bees. It's another product very important for our... All these we use (laughs) when we make treatments, when we say apitherapy. So what kind of conditions lead themselves to apitherapy? What are common conditions that it helps? On uh, what conditions? First of all, I would say that we treat not, not diseases, but we treat people. So we individualize the treatment. As type of sufferances that we treat, practically we can help any type of sufferance, more or less. Some of them are very simply to treat with the beast products up to cure fast. Some of them may be helped and uh, 
even it's the case of some of the diseases which are considered non-curable in the conventional medicine. But we can treat using the bees products along with um, other uh, remedies or other ways of treating that person. We can treat, for example, multiple sclerosis, uh, tumors, uh, obstructive uh, arteriopathies. We had um, virosis, different types of virosis as um, virosis of uh, the liver. Okay. What does the therapy look like? Do people just eat royal jelly or propolis or do they get stung with bees? Like, How does it work? Uh, what you mentioned, uh, yes, there are parts of uh, apitherapy, but it's not only that. Uh, we can use uh, the bees products internally by oral intake or uh, externally on the skin, on uh, massages on, or uh, acupuncture uh, points on, um, with reflexotherapy or uh, even sometimes if we need, we can uh, make insertions in uh, anal insertions or we okay. can use the, in the eyes, in the ears, in the nose oh, wow. or we can expose ourselves to the energy of the bees. And this is something uh, that can be done in some uh, places where people arranged uh, little uh, houses where um, the patients can stay along with the hives to sleep like, for example. Yes, and the results are very good because the energy of the bees is a harmonious one and healing one peaceful. That's something that people don't know too much at this moment, but it is more and more uh, spread in the world that this energy is uh, healing, is a healing energy for us. Okay. So what are you, uh, what are you studying? What is it a particular condition or a particular part of the bees, uh, you know, uh, products to be used? I mean, what are you in particular studying right now? studying right now about the bees I can tell you what came really in my mind and in my consciousness okay. in this moment it's something um, surprisingly somehow but i it is at the same time very beautiful about the bees at this moment uh, our history the people are with the attention on viruses okay Yes, and uh, it is so well known from long time, from when we work with the bees products and before we work, when others work before us, that uh, they have uh, antibacterial activity, antiviral activity. For example, propolis is one of the most powerful known as uh, having uh, antimicrobial activity. Bacteria, funguses, viruses, and there are hundreds of studies to to prove this thing. How how long has apitherapy been around? A very long time or no? Apitherapy? How long? Yeah, is it a very old therapy or is it newer? Apitherapy is not so new. Back in the history of humanity, there are products which were used hundreds of years or uh, thousands of years before. For example, in uh, Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Indian uh, medicine, the honey was described very detailed and it was used as medicinal remedy thousand years ago. The propolis was used uh, by Egyptians, for example, and uh, as we know, it was used uh, even uh, in the recipes for uh, to preserving the, the bodies of the dead people. It seems that wow. the propolis was, was used there. That's amazing. Yes, we have. 
Yeah, yeah, we have also data about royal jelly that was used a long time before in history. So it's not quite very new. So what is what is new about apotherapy? What is being studied that's new? Are you sequencing bees? Are you looking at the, uh, the chemical components of stuff? Uh, something uh, that I could say it is new and very valuable as uh, knowledge. It's, for example, coming from uh, the studies, very serious and very uh, technically in advanced technique of laboratory made in Japan uh, with the royal jelly, where they proved how the royal jelly uh, has uh, regenerative properties. Really, that is um, astonishing. They made studies on nervous uh, cell cultures uh, where where they were giving royal jelly following four lines of cells, neurons, oligodendrocytes, astrocytes, and the stem cells, neural stem cells. And after treating these cultures with the royal jelly, what uh, was shown, it was that new neurons appear, new oligodendrocytes appear, New astrocytes appear while the number of stem cells in the culture decreases. Then they made uh, the same study on mice with the royal jelly in oral intake, and they found the same result. Neurons, astrocytes, oligodendrocytes appear while the number of stem cells, neural stem cells, decreases. And they have pictures and uh, counting of, uh, of the number of the cells. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. So do they think that the uh, the substance helped the stem cells differentiate into the proper cell types? Yes. Yes, yes. And this is something that we were presuming before that, or we observed in the practical clinic with the patients. For example, before that, that was in 2007 when I heard the first time the presentation of these studies in Japan on one conference. But before that, uh, I was already worked with patients with multiple sclerosis, which it is a degenerative disease of the oligodendrocytes in the nervous tissue. And we observed very good results as clinical symptoms and also on MRI where images of the demyelization lesions, some of them were disappearing, some of them were diminishing uh, significantly before that. When we had this information from Japanese, it was a big gift for us to have uh, the scientific proof. And uh, more than that, uh, we had the opportunity to make some calculations in the doses that we were prescribing for uh, royal jelly, for example. And I understood uh, how I, I could use better the royal jelly as doses. I improved my treatment. 
and the results were better. But what do you think it was in the royal jelly that caused this to happen? Have you studied the constituents, the compounds that make up these substances? The, the studies were made with uh, whole royal jelly mostly, and I think it is uh, the best uh, way. They tried also to, to study some of the components, but you know, when we use a natural remedy, it acts as a complex. All substances inside, they have a collaboration and they act on different uh, directions in the body without side effects, without secondary effects. But when we extract one of the compounds, even if we think and we find by laboratory studies that probably that one is the responsible or the main responsible for one effect, when we take only that substances and put that in our body, then we don't benefit anymore uh, by the collaboration between the natural substances. And using only that one, the side effects appear. It is the story of the cytostatics, the first cytostatics in, uh, in the medicine for chemotherapy against the tumors were substances extracted by plants who are known to have anti-tumor effect. The plants were not having the side effect, but the only substance which became after that the cytostatic for chemotherapy, we all know how side effects, how many side effects have. So, so, so you're saying that um, if you use the whole plant or the whole substance, yes. there's a lot of different substances in it that work together to heal you. Yeah. But if you try to isolate one active ingredient yeah. and concentrate it, that gives side effects. Yes. That's very interesting. And you see this with <laughs> chemotherapy drugs from plants and with apitherapy too? Yes. In apitherapy, it's true also. So uh, when we say that we make natural therapy to use uh, the natural product is the best way. And especially when we obtain very good results, why would we change the natural product with only one substance? Well, I why? think the common, the common argument is that, you know, uh, traditional medicine, allopathic medicine yeah. needs to isolate and reduce. And in order to do clinical trials, unfortunately, they, they only want like one substance or maybe two and they don't... Uh, they don't seem to like uh, natural substances to be used, unfortunately. Yeah, but maybe this type of working serves a bit uh, too much to our curiosity. No, I, I agree that this way is much yeah. better. I agree. But um, have, have you studied all the components of royal jelly or propolis? Like, are there hundreds of compounds? What, what's in it? If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Yes, but I don't need to study each component uh, separately. I take the whole. I take the whole. I take it my own, for example. I don't only speak about it and uh, offer uh, information and recommendation to people. I take it my own every day. And uh, I observe what happens. The what, way, do you, what do you, you feel know, like it way, does with you? You know, the best way how I learned how to work with the beast products was learning from the patient, working with the patients and observing very attentively the effects and what they tell about what they feel. Putting together this information with, with what I achieved from the conferences, high-level international conferences, some information from there with the information from the patients, that was the best school for APC. Okay. 
What are some examples of conditions that patients have had and what happened to them when they did the apotherapy? Uh, for example, I mentioned uh, multiple sclerosis. Uh, shortly for everyone who maybe know or not so much, just to point, it's a degenerative disease of uh, the nervous tissue when some of the cells practically disappear. It's about the oligodendrocytes. And the clinical consequence is uh, progressive paralysis. That's the most uh, threatening uh, symptom, paralysis. So it's a very hard disease for those who who have it. Being a degenerative uh, disease, practically the most important, in my opinion, action that we need for treating the patient is a regenerative remedy, which is not offered at all by the conventional medicine. But in uh, natural therapy, in the nature, there are regenerative remedies. And among the, the beast products in AP therapy, it is the royal jelly, it is the apilarnil, it is the pollen, which have really regenerative properties. And probably the royal jelly, among everything we can find in uh, nature, probably is the most strong regenerative Remedy. Uh, along with them, it is uh, the B venom who stimulates the regeneration of, of the nerves, for example. There are studies who prove that on animals that uh, administering the B venom, the nerves were regenerated. So, uh, wow. AP therapy, yes, offers us remedies who can really regenerate. Along with this, there are the other uh, the other effect that also we need, of course. We need anti-inflammatory. It's, it's a strong inflammation sometimes in the brain of these patients, in the spine of these patients. Uh, we need to detoxify. We need to manage the, the symptoms. And we can do this using the beast product. Uh, I uh, had the opportunity to see in my office patients who are young patients who are devastated by uh, the perspective which was shown to them in the hospital, having this uh, diagnosis. And in few months or one year, they were again with a smile on their faces. And nowadays, I can give you many examples with these people who are in a normal life, uh, married with children, and almost forgotten that they had, they had, this diagnosis, which it is considered usually in conventional medicine as non-curable. Wow. This is what, yes, bees products can do, natural therapy can do with bees products, with plants, with diet, with massage when needed, with emotional therapy and energetical therapy all along as each patient needs. That's why I was saying that we individualize the treatment for each person. And we can obtain such... what, what do you think will be the future of apotherapy? Like, what is what do you want to learn about it now? What's new about it to you or undiscovered? It's difficult to, to preview the future, but uh, I hope, I hope that uh, people will understand more and more how, uh, what a great gift we have naturally given by the universe with uh, the bees uh, which are in, are involved in our health in almost each spoon that we eat. We know or we don't know, we use consciously or we don't use consciously honey or pollen or royal jelly. Anyway, the bees are, in, are present by pollination in uh, any food we eat. It's nothing that we don't think, but it is present in our life. 
they are very important. And I hope that people will become more and more aware and they will see the big gift that the bees are for us. We'll understand it and we'll arrive not to use the bees as uh, they would be our employees or worst as it is in some places as they would be slaves, but the people will arrive to to collaborate, to be friends with the bees yeah. and to live in uh, harmony and in peace. Yeah, that makes sense. That's very the cool. The, all these products, the propolis, yeah. the, the wax, everything, yeah. do they come only from honeybees or are there other kinds of bees like bumblebees or you know, other species of bees that you use the products from as well? No, no bumblebees, no. There are uh, many types of bees, that's true, but they are bees. Uh, we have stingle bees, for example, very nice, <laughs> very nice and very um, special bees uh, in South America, stingle bees, bees without uh, needle, but they also uh, make uh, honey or propolis. There are different types of bees in uh, various parts of the world, but the bees products come only from the bees, not from other beings. So if we say bees, they are bees, <laughs> not something else. We cannot replace them with anything. Well, I know. I just, I just wondered what kinds of, you know, I've heard there's, you know, thousands of different species of bees. Yeah. So I wonder amongst the, the different species, some of them I would think are better with, with people for healing them and some of them are not. Some of them make better medicine than others. So that's what I was wondering. There are uh, some particularly characteristics, yes, as it is in any domain. Okay. Yeah. So and, what's an uh, example? Like, what are there different species of bee that make different products that you've used? Are there some products that only bumblebees can make and some that only honeybees make best? Bumblebees do not produce uh, honey or they don't, they don't produce uh, the products that we know as bees products. Bumblebees are used for pollination only. Okay. I just didn't know if, you know, bumblebees... Yeah. Are there any other, is there propolis from them that you can use or no, has anyone no, tried no. to use anything from them? No, no. Uh, for example, there are uh, various types of propolis. Propolis uh, in different parts of the world. For example, in Europe, we have poplar originated. In Brazil, uh, they have propolis coming from another plant, very special, Dakaris bracolia. It's the green propolis of Brazil, the brown propolis. That it is also a red propolis in Brazil. And they have some uh, particularly properties which are well expressed for those types of propolis, not so much in others. For example, um, the green propolis, is better as anti-tumor than it is the poplar propolis. This is a type of uh, specific activity, but it is also propolis. It's not uh, products coming from another uh, insect. It is collected by the bees, by the bees there in in Brazil. Okay. Also, depending what, what products the bees interact with, what kind of plants, that would change the propolis a lot. That makes sense. Yes. So in, yes. in the um, in the United States, I know the first thing that honeybees usually pollinate are almonds in February, yeah. and then yeah. they move on to other. So if you get propolis, how does it change from February to later in the year? What uh, you know? What's different about it? Uh, the uh, the propolis is a very complex uh, product which uh, has a composition that it's variable. 
from one year to another one, from one season to another one, from one month to another one in the same place. Because the plants uh, which produce the, the resins collected by the bees produced inside the hive the bees, those resins are permanently adapted by the plants to their needs in, uh, in interaction with, the, beha- with the, the medium where they live, with the atmosphere. Okay. So if the condition is uh, changing, they change their, uh, their, uh, the compounds that they produce. For example, or as an explanation, the bees collect some resins which are deposited, which are secreted by the plants uh, to protect the most uh, delicate parts of them, the very thin and young branches, the buttons of flowers and, and leaves, which are very delicate. It's a, a thin layer of resins that cover these thin parts in order to protect them by viruses which are in the air, by bacteria which are in the air, or funguses, or by very strong uh, sun, uh, sunrise, uh, or by winds, or by cold. So uh, considering that these uh, conditions are changing, the plant changed the composition in order to face the changes in the atmosphere. Okay. So these resins are from one month to another one, with a different composition. And that's what uh, the bees collect in order to bring in the hive to prepare the propolis. So this is why the propolis is varying all the time during the year. But this is a good uh, matter for us because we have the opportunity to, to benefit by the variation in the, in the nature. And this variation is permanently adapted to the microbes which are circulating in the air. Okay, that makes For example, sense. So. as example of what it is now in the attention of, uh, of the people. So uh, even if the composition uh, different, the properties remain the same. And all the people know in apitherapy that no matter if the propolis is from Europe or from America or from Japan or from China or from India, it has... Always antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal uh, activity. It is antioxidant. It is anti-inflammatory. It is uh, cicatrizing. <laughs> so uh, these properties are always there, even if the composition is not all, always the same. And I think that we should think that the properties remain there because the plant have the same needs that are constant and the bees have constant needs. The bees collect these resins for their own needs, not for our needs. So the bees collect what they need to satisfy their needs in the hive, which are constant. So it doesn't matter that the properties come from one part or another part of the world. They will always have the same properties, maybe some of them better expressed in one part of the world than in another part of the plants and weather conditions or other factors involved. But okay. it is demonstrated in laboratories that all propolis in the world have properties as antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, you know, detoxifying all propolis. Interesting. So what, um, when you take royal jelly or propolis or, I don't know, is, is honey very useful? Like, 
Do people just eat these products and you know, how do they take them? Honey is very useful. Not only that it has a sweet, nice taste, uh, that it is um, energizing, it gives a lot of energy, but uh, helps the metabolism to equilibrate. And something, uh, for ex- I give one example, which it is uh, so beautiful for us. Honey, if taken, it is demonstrated in some studies that honey, if taken at least once, teaspoon by day, uh, it helps to prolong the life. And one mechanism was uh, discovered involved this is that they balance uh, the intestinal and the intestinal flora we know it is involved in all our, it's enough to say that, not only other and other things that the intestinal flora makes for us. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Have have you, um, do you know anyone that's looked at the microbiome of honeybees? Is anyone studying that that you know of? Yes, and I had the happiness to be involved with some suggestions <laughs> with, in oh, this like some what? years ago. Yeah, it was so beautiful. Some guys from uh, Sw- some, from Sweden, uh, they were very young and they were presenting in Rome one uh, study about the honey. They searched the origin of some uh, lactobacils they found in honey. Uh, and they found after many researches that the origin of uh, those uh, lactobacils is in the stomach of the hun- of the bees. They didn't find any lactobacils, not on the flower, not on the pollen, not in the nectar, not anywhere, but only in one single place in the stomach. Of- and that is the origin. And then I, at that moment, I remembered about a small, let's say, experiment that I did a few months before that uh, that conference uh, with the pollen the bee pollen fresh frozen bee pollen i observed that uh, if uh, solved in the water and let uh, at a room temperature of 28 degrees it was summer and hot it was happening as many times but very interesting happening i observed that it fermentates and it grows like uh, the bread you know when you put uh, the yeast in the br- in the to, to prepare the bread and it grows <laughs> And I made uh, in parallel with uh, dry pollen, which wasn't grow, it wasn't uh, fermentate. And when I heard a few months after in that conference, those guys speaking about the lactobacils and yeast in, uh, in the honey, I said, maybe this is the origin of what I observed in the pollen. And I told them, look, this, 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 this. I gave them data and everything. And they started to make, uh, after that, uh, researches on this subject, lactobacils in uh, in bee pollen. And they found uh, first 11 uh, varieties of lactobacils in the bee pollen. And practically, they demonstrated how uh, rich is the bee pollen for our uh, flora in the intestines. Practically, the fresh, fresh bee pollen, not the dry one, the fresh one is uh, somehow the equivalent of uh, the yogurt considering the lactobacils, it equilibrates and it sustains the microbiota in our intestines. Interesting. What Naturally, though, if you look in a beehive, I mean, there, there should be microbes in the bees themselves. Yeah. But what about on the, on the propolis, on the honey, what microbes tend to hang out near those substances or eat those substances? That's a very interesting uh, subject. Inside of the hive, the bees use the propolis everywhere. It's like uh, we paint our walls in the houses 
with uh, something that we like. They paint all the walls in the hive with the propolis. It's not because they like it, but because they need it. And it is uh, used for the EGM uh, of the hive. Not only the walls, but all the, the combs painted with the propolis to, to clean them. Propolis has uh, volatile substances which are present in the air inside of the hive. The, the air in the hive is clean. What, what do you mean clean? What, what, what is, uh, what's the air inside the hive like? I've heard that's a therapy as well. Yes, really? yes, yeah. that's, yes, yes. <laughs> you, you took my word. I wanted to say that, yes, even the air of the hive, it is now used as a therapy. There are places uh, where people organized uh, a sort of, let's say, device that has a mask finally uh, put on the face of the person who wants to take this therapy. And that uh, person can breathe the air of the hive. And that's very good for the immunity general, for the lungs and for the entire respiratory system. And also right. for to, to improve the energy of the body. Hmm. Yeah. So if someone's interested in trying these products, what, um, what should they try first? And are there apotherapy doctors or how do they find out what's there and what to take? Now, if we speak about uh, people who want to try the bees products without uh, wanting to treat something, let's say for maintenance, I want to be healthy, I want to maintain myself, to have a good functioning structure, and then they would start with the honey, the pollen, and the royal gel, and the prop. <laughs> we can use them as we use the food for the bees. Honey, royal gel is food. Pollen is food for us, maybe also food. And according to our needs, maybe remedy. For example, I take every day pollen, royal jelly, apilarnil, honey, and some propolis for maintenance. And I can say that okay. my health is very good. Oh, good. Huh. <laughs> um, but, but normally, how do you, again, are there books on this? Like, how, do you, how does someone know? Like what, what do they go to a practitioner if they're sick? Like how do people find doctors or whoever that gives uh, apotherapy? You know, if someone's sick that's listening, where do they go to find yeah. resources? They should search about apotherapy society or apotherapy associations, which are in many countries. And these associations usually can give information about uh, the therapists. Or simply to look on uh, internet, everyone has uh, now uh, access on internet, apitherapists, and they will find, they will find maybe a list or they will find names of people who, who practice apitherapy, doctors or some, uh, in some countries they are naturopaths who practice apitherapy, people who became simply apitherapists. Okay, so naturopaths... Um... Would you have apitherapy? Yes, if they are interested in making apitherapy, yes. Okay, I just didn't know if there's a formal type of designation of a practitioner that does it. You know, I don't know, what, like, what, what countries are really popular for it and which countries don't seem to do it at all? Which country? United States has a very old uh, apitherapy association. It is a long practice there. In Romania, I don't want now to be subjective because I live in Romania. But in Romania is a very old tradition in beekeeping and also in apitherapy. And uh, 
there are. If you go in uh, the AP therapy world, you will see that uh, people know many AP therapists, very good AP therapists from Romania. But there are in other countries too. There are in Germany, there are in Portugal, there are in uh, Spain, in France, uh, there are in Chile, in many countries. In Uruguay, okay. when, uh, there are AP therapists in many parts. In China, in Japan, there are. Oh, good. Okay. I don't know. No, that that's yeah. how it was. Very good. So how can people find out more? Um, again, are there books? Where can they go to learn more about ape therapy? Look, it, it comes now in my mind uh, uh, a source, I think, of very good information. It is a website, uh, bvenom.com. It is kept by Michael Simich in uh, Canada, uh, who is one of the best producers in the world of products with bvenom and other products, not only this, but B-Venom especially. It was his specialty from long uh, time. And he has a lot of information available for people in this uh, website. Books, okay. uh, booklets uh, about uh, the bees products. And also it is a website of Professor Stefan Bogdanov. That's very nice. Uh, where he has, uh, when he offers for free uh, a book for each bee product. Okay, well, very good. So, yeah. Christina, what's what's the best way for people to find out more about your work? Where can they go? How can they get in contact or find out more about you? We have a website in the Romanian language. So people have to learn Romanian language. And mm. in our website, can find a lot of information about the bees products that we put there for the people to know as much as possible. It's in Romanian language. Well, that's okay. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Christina, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been good to speak to you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, too. It's uh, very pleasant and an honor at the same. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.